Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Nights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast. And on today's episode, I am joined by Android. Hey, Android, would you like to tell the people who you are and where they can find you? Well, hi, my, my name is Android787. Uh, I'm, I'm, from Puerto, I'm from Puerto Rico. And I, I don't really have any like personal social media stuff. I'm not really a podcast or anything. I'm just a huge like Daenerys fan so I really want that's why I really wanted to do this podcast but if you're interested uh, I am a by day I'm a school teacher by night I am a wrestler and if you're if you're into any kind of wrestling I'm a, I am an LGBTQ wrestler so if you're interested in that if you're inter, interested in queer representation of wrestling you can look up my Instagram which is just android 787 just like that no no underscore no dash no nothing but yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me if you're interested. But I'm mostly here just to talk about Danny because she's yes. my Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll be talking about Daenerys. We are doing Daenerys 8 today. And Daenerys is my favorite character as well. And I know she's your favorite character. Like you said, she's your Jesus. And I'm really excited for this one because I'm, I'm pretty sure this is your favorite chapter or at least one of them because I've heard you mention it a lot in other like podcasts and other yes. episodes and videos this is a fucking busy i'm sorry can i curse yes you can uh, this is a <laughs> fucking busy chapter which i'm so excited to get into yeah it's a long one it's a long one i was like yeah when i was rereading it i was like whoa this is a long one but yeah, yeah this is a really good chapter um i like any opportunity to talk about Mary Mazdor, kind of love that. I love <laughs> I, if you want, I can do the Mary Mazdor lines. I can hype up my Spanish accent to make it sound ethnic. I don't know. Let's do it. Let's sure. do it. Okay, so the chapter opens up and it says, the flies circled call Drogo slowly, their wings buzzing, a low thrum at the edge of hearing that filled Danny with dread. The sun was high and pitiless. Heat shimmered in waves off the stony outcrops of low hills. A thin finger of sweat trickled slowly between Danny's swollen breasts. The only sounds were the steady clop of their horses' hooves, the rhythmic tingle of the bells in Drogo's hair, and the distant voices behind them. Danny watched the flies. They were as large as bees, gross, purplish, glistening. The Dothraki called them blood flies. They lived in marshes and stagnant pools, sucked blood from man and horse alike, and laid their eggs in the dead and dying. Drogo hated them. Whenever one came near him, his hand would shoot out quick as a striking snake to close around it. She had never seen him miss. He would hold the fly inside his huge fist long enough to hear its frantic buzzing. Then his fingers would tighten. And when he opened his hand again, the fly would be only a red smear on his palm. So first of all, like, let me just talk about 
George R.R. Martin really fucking knows how to set up a scene. Oh, shit. Yeah. He knows yeah, how like to I set can, a scene. I can, like, picture all of this in my mind right now. Right. And it's like this. Like, I see the, the distant sunset behind Drogo and getting those, like, heat waves. Like, you can, you know, you know when the sun's so high that you can see all the heat waves, like, the heat, the heat radiating from the ground. He, right. He, he says, right there, the sun was high and pitiless. I'm from Puerto Rico. We're right in the equator, so I know what high and pitiless sun is. <laughs> it's pretty much all year round here. Yeah. yeah I can definitely, I know the smell. I, this is probably, like, Drogo is probably smelling so much because he's, he's clearly infected, right? Yeah, he's infected. Sure. A hundred percent. And like she says, those flies only mm-hmm. buzz around like the dead and the dying. Like, yep. and like, it, they come to eat like the rotten meat. So Yes. And then, and then it's like, so he's setting up this scene. He's like building like this tension where there's no noises. Like the only noises that Danny is hearing is these buzzing. Th- these, and the gossip. And in, in the in the um the bells in his hair and it's just it's so I don't know it it gives me yeah. the it gives me the creeps like you know something bad is gonna happen mm-hmm. you like know it, it's just like imminent like you're just waiting for yeah the, for for like the shit to hit the fan yes it's yeah. like the buildup is incredible and that's why George R R Martin that's why I feel like his books stand apart from most other books that I've read mm-hmm. and I've I've read a lot of books and I feel yeah. like Stephen King does a really good job and I, I, I love Stephen does too much of a good job you know <laughs> I mean? like sometimes he can be too destructive and too, too predictable and too yeah. predictable yeah <laughs> but, but still, we love him I do I love him but I love George the most and I feel mm-hmm. like his books are always rereadable because of how he builds these moments up for things and to happen. Setup. Like, yes. George actually does foreshadowing, not just says he did foreshadowing. <laughs> I felt like that was shade. <laughs> Do you think you think so? I know so. <laughs> I know that was some season eight shade. I warned you, I'm petty. Yeah. DND are fucking dead to me. So all the shade will be thrown at them at any opportunity I get. Love it. And also, like, it's not just, again, I can picture Danny just, because we hear here, like, we read here that all she hears are the bees, like, not not the bees, the the flies and Mm -hmm. his bell. But she she also also says that she hears, like, the distant voices of the Kalasar. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe, like, it's not as silent as she thinks she is. I think she's just on Drogo and and she's like really deep in her own thoughts right now yeah she because she's she's got to be like panicking like because mm-hmm. she like loves got, him her heart's got to be beating so fast so fast at this moment yes so she talks about and this is a good thing that I want to talk about because I do want to talk about Miriam Mansour so she talks about um how um Miriam Ma- Call Drogo took off the POTUS that Miri Mazdor put on him mm-hmm. and he got another one done by like a Dothraki healer. Yeah, by like a, one, of, one of those like uh, like basically like a nurse, like a Dothraki nurse. Yes. And it was I, more like soothing and stuff because Marius was too itchy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, so everyone is like Miri Mazdor poison call Drogo like she killed call Drogo and I'm like did she though because 
we have um, right here that he didn't even keep on what she put on him. He mm-hmm. didn't even keep it on. And he, and she basically told him like, you know, you can't drink, you can't, um, you have to leave this on, you can't scratch it. And he didn't do any of that. Like he did, he, he got fucked up every day. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was, was drinking, drinking every day. Like, like pepper, pepper beer and like some sort of wine. Yes. And, every day. And yeah, I don't think he would. It said he only had it for like a fortnight, right? For like two days or something. Mm-hmm. And she literally says, don't take this off. And it's not just like, because uh, the show makes it look like it was just ass crash. But that one was gnarly. It, it said like it's, his symbol was pretty much hanging off. Yeah. And like in the last chapter, Danny describes when he stands up to like, uh, to go to Mary's tent that he has to like put his arm around her. So like this. I'm sorry, but if your arm's hurting that much that you can't lift it up, there's probably like nerve damage. And yeah. she also describes like she describes like a, a, a gush of blood like flowing down his nipple when he got up. So like yeah. it she was did more than just put a little poultice. Like she sewed you up. Like you're you're basically have to be in recovery. It's yeah. surgery. She, she did surgery on him. And all of like the stuff that he she said, like all the directions that she gave him. She, Don't he do just, it. Like, he just ignored he him. And and I'm not saying like I feel like that she knew that he wasn't gonna listen to her. Like she knew. She knew, like, okay, I'll fix him. I know he's not gonna listen to me. He's gonna fuck himself up worse. So like he's been drinking poppy wine, fermented mare's milk, and pepper beer, like but he's not eating, like he's he's um thrashing around in his sleep at night. Yeah. And like Danny is just like, she's super fucking worried about him because like even like before when when um Rago would kick in Danny's belly, uh Drogo would be excited and like that's mm-hmm. not even getting him excited. Like he's basically yeah. dying, and she Drogo knows had like a fetish for pregnant women. Yeah. So, and <laughs> yeah. Then, not even his, Danny, who's like the most gorgeous person in this whole story, and she's pregnant with just his fetish, like. She's not even getting him excited. So yeah, I'm like, there's definitely something wrong. However, I don't, a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people think she planned it. And I know you think that she, she, I, I know you, you said that uh, when she, she didn't like, she knew he wouldn't follow his, his instructions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I agree with that so much because the way I see how the later part of her story goes, mm-hmm. I believe she, she, at that moment, she more like saw an opportunity to take it. I don't because I think there's too many variables for for this to have been planned or what yeah. she does later to have been planned, you know? I think yeah. too but I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's a little later on in the chapter. No, I, I think it's too, I agree it's too with coincidental, that. you know? Like, how could she know? I mean, he's like, he has a, a lot of that toxic masculinity. So she probably would know that he would not listen to her. But some people think that it was all planned from the beginning. It's like, how could she know that he was going to fall sick? How could she know that it was going to be that bad? And how could she know that Danny was going to ask for help and was going to ask for blood magic, you know? Yeah, I don't think it was planned. I, I think you're yeah. right. There are too many variables. I don't think it was planned. I just think that she probably knew, like, yeah, I will, I will heal him. Will he listen? I doubt it. Like, she, I mean, if I was her... I and I and I had the interactions that she had with Khal Drogo and with the Dothraki. I wouldn't think they're gonna listen to me. Like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, they they, slap they, her every time she tries to talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but, uh, yeah, and I mean, maybe she, she thought he would die out of the infection itself. Like, I'm going to treat him just to save face, but I know he's not going to follow my instructions or listen to me. So he'll mm-hmm. probably take it off and the infection will probably kill him. That Like, that's probably what's going on in her mind. Yep, yep. And, you know, it, if she did pl- plan to kill him, if she planned it, then so what? Like, she, I can't blame her. I don't blame her either. Where yeah. where she crosses the line is what she does to Rago. That's yeah. to me where she crosses the line. What she but did, what of she course, did. it hurts because she did it to Danny. They're like Danny was Jenny, Danny was genuinely trying to help you, but at the same time, it is because of Danny that her village got raided and she got raped because they needed the money for her for her ships because. Paul Drogo promised to take her past the poison waters and claim the iron chair has that set upon. That is true. That is true. But so to me, but to me, how she can blame Danny, but I think to, she took it too far. She took it too far. Like you can't, you can't harm yeah. an innocent child. Mm-hmm. Like you can't harm an innocent child. Like that's like, girl, like Mary, calm down. <laughs> I, I thought I was petty, but Mary <laughs> kind of like the slasher tires kind of petty. Oh yeah, she busts the windows out your car, Petty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I mean, I, I stand a Petty Queen. So if it was, if I had been to any other character, I'd probably be like, yes, Mary, yes, Mary, do it. Yeah, especially if it was like Joffrey, <laughs> Calabas. Uh, I don't think anybody would have would have hated <laughs> Mary. I think whether you like Daenerys, whether you like Tywin or Stannis, we all fucking hate Joffrey, and he deserves the worst in the world. So. Yes, he definitely does. So <laughs> moving on. So like Danny is, is saying that she's afraid, right? She's like, I'm yeah. afraid. Like she sees the flies landing on him, like a fly landing on his mouth and he's not moving. He's not talking. Like he hasn't said a word all day. Mm-hmm. And then he falls from his horse. Bitch, I can hear the whole Kalasar just going. <gasps> yes. Like everybody holding their breath, clutching their pearls, gasping. And even before this, like, it, it, to me, it sounded like the Kalasar was already, like, gossiping. Because, again, like I said before, she, she said uh, she could hear the tingle of the bells in Drogo's hair mm-hmm. and the distant voices behind them. Yeah. So I think that's the Kalasar just going, like, like kind of like gossiping. Yeah, like, like what the hey, hell's look going Drogo. on? Like, yeah. And I can also kind of hear the excitement on some of these opportunists that seem to be his blood riders. Yes. Because that Kalasar ditches, ditches her quick. They don't even bother to take her to face the frack. Like, yeah, you know, they didn't like her. They didn't like Danny. Yeah. They, they liked didn't her because like she her. was Drogo's queen, but they didn't like her. Yeah, they especially... They, they, they like her. Yeah, they blame her kind of for mm-hmm. Call Drogo's situation because they're like, you're just as guilty as Mary Mazgore. Yeah. Like, but I mean, they, 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 they kind of warn her. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, if I was a blood writer too, I, was, I would probably be like, I told you so. Yeah. He says, Would I ditch her? No. She, she says, Find Mary Mazdor, she told him. The mm-hmm. God's wife would be walking among the other landmen in the long column of slaves. Bring her to me with her chest. Kotho glared down at her, his eyes hard as flint. The Meiji, he spat. This I will not do. You will, Danny said. Or when Drogo wakes, he will hear why you defied me. 
Furious, Kotho wheeled his stallion around and galloped off in anger. But Danny knew he would return with Mirimaz's door, however little he might like it. The slaves erected Caldrogo's tent beneath a jagged outcrop of black rock, whose shadow gave some relief from the heat of the afternoon sun. Even so, it was stifling under the sand silk as Erie and Dorea helped Danny walk Drogo inside. So they don't want to fucking bring Mary Mazdor to Danny at all. They're they're setting up the tent, but like they're or they're setting up camp, but they don't really want to set up camp there. And Danny's like made up a lie that she's about to have the baby, and that's why they have to stop. But like I'm sure rumors are spreading that he fell from his horse. Of course, yeah. I, th- I think rumors are spreading. Rumors are probably spreading before he fell. So yeah. everybody's kind of like prepared for this moment. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole day was era is probably all these, all these other blood writers are probably thinking already who was gonna be the new cow. Yeah, I know they have to like fight for it, but they all were probably already envisioned. So I think a lot of them, even though they they act like they love. Kyle Drogo and they're devastated that this happened to him and they're blaming Danny for it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them were secretly excited. Yeah, because now it's their time to yeah, shine. Exactly. Like now it's going to be a whole war and they're, they all have like a huge case of toxic masculinity. So they probably think they're the alpha, the, the, the second alpha of the Kalasar and that nobody, none of, nobody else could beat them. So to them, them being the Kalasar is already guaranteed. So now that Drogo has fallen, like it's certain. A lot of them are probably excited. And I think that's why they get kind of testy with Daenerys. Because before, even if they didn't like her, they used to be very respectful for towards her. Mm-hmm. And even Danny notices at one point. I don't, I don't remember. I don't, was it Koto? I know it was the, the older one that was Kyle's <laughs> father's blood writer. Mm-hmm. That when he starts like defying her and like talking down to her and being disrespectful, she like, thinks to herself like, he used to be very respectful towards me before. And now... He's treating me like this. Come on, like what? Ha- she's in her mind. She's thinking what happened, but what happened is he he's thirsty for the power. He wants he wants to be cow. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it. I think you're right. I think you're right. All of them, mm-hmm. all of them were itching for like this opportunity, and it's it's so easy to see like through their bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. of course he's gonna be nice to you when Caldrogo is there for him to answer to, but Caldrogo is in a state of like catatonic almost so of course yeah so of course like any underlying feelings they had are going to come to the surface because what are you going to do who do you have to protect you well Mm -hmm. you have jorah so jorah comes in and he's like look he's dead he's dying we gotta go (laughs) like we gotta get the fuck out of here (laughs) yeah and i mean let's not let's not disregard her cast oh yeah because she does have they, they, they seem very like ride or die for Danny because yeah, they, they, they go up against later on they, they do go up against cows and against against uh Drogo's blood riders who seem to be the most experienced fighters out of the Kalasar like they seem all second only to Cal Drogo and they have the balls to go up against them for Danny yeah so I don't want to do. disregard them like again but uh, but yeah but Danny yeah. seems pretty fucked at this moment yeah, like, she's she's outnumbered. She's outnumbered, and yeah. they know it. She's in a very vulnerable position, and they know it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to talk to her, however they want to talk to yeah. her. But also, we can see like kind of the 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 fear they still have towards Drogo, because again, Drogo is pretty much kind of catatonic. But 
Danny knows that Koto is still gonna bring back Mary. So she mm-hmm. still has some sort of power. Yeah. And I think it's the fear that Tao might not be as thick as he looks. That's true. They're, 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 uh, he's like cursing her, cursing her out on, under his breath, but he still goes get Mary. Mm-hmm. If he really was certain that Drogo was dead and it was Danny's fault, he could have just killed her right there. Yeah, he could have. And become the new cow. But he still gets her. So to me, in his mind, he's like, let me wait. Let me wait it out a little bit. Just in case Tal, Tal Drogo makes like a miraculous recovery. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it speaks a lot to the fear and like the kind of fighter that Drogo is. That Tal Drogo has. Yeah. Drogo's a fucking badass, yo. Like, <laughs> Drogo no, is a badass. None she of these even says white it. boys in the Seven Kingdoms would have any chance against Drogo. I know. Like, I know. Robert, he likes to boast about when he was in his peak and how he was the strongest and nobody could take him. Tal Drogo could take fucking... Uh, he, he could have taken Robert. Like, I know we hate the show, but there's that line, I think it was in season seven, after Danny fights the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. And Jamie goes to Cersei and he says that the cat, the, the Dothraki killing their men was not war, it was sport for them. Yes, yes. So yeah, it, I, I, I love that scene. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie like that, looked. The, Jamie looked distraught. Fear. He was like, "Jamie was like, we, we got to go. Win. We can't win. <laughs> we can't win. We gotta, we gotta pack pack our shit up and leave by tomorrow by sunrise. We gotta be in Bravos. Yes, yes. Um, so Jora suggests that they run away, mm-hmm. and Danny's like, you know, where are we gonna go? And Jora says, a shy, like it's far south. And we could find a boat that'll take us to Pentos. And she's like, she doesn't really understand. Like, she thinks that, okay, like, my son will be called. Mm-hmm. Why Why do I have to run? Yeah. Like, but I have his son. And George thinks they like, follow bloodline. Yeah, they don't. Like, they mm-hmm. follow strength and strength only. And that, that's what I said. That, that's what he says. Like, they're not going to follow a baby. Like, people that are based strength are not going to bow to a baby right he's like the like jacko and pono and the other cause will fight for his place and the kalasar will devour itself the mm-hmm. winner will want no more rivals the boy will be taken from your breast the moment he is born and they will give him to the dogs and yeah. danny's like he's what the fuck he's drogo's son mm-hmm and the crones say he will be the stallion who mounts the world. It was prophesized better to kill the child than to risk his fury when he grows to manhood. Exactly. And the whole time, like the baby is kicking inside her, like he hears it. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh, like I can't I mean, you're imagine a nurse, so. what Danny's going through. Yeah. I mean, you're a nurse, so you you've probably attended a lot of pregnant women. And mm-hmm. I think Rago is He's reacting to Danny's fear. Like, of course, he doesn't know what's going on. And he, stress, he, yeah. He, yeah, he, he's inside the baby. He's inside her belly, so he can't see or hear what's going on outside. But he probably feels it. He probably feels Danny's heartbeat just going crazy. He probably feels her stress, all her worries. So that's why he's probably kicking. Right, yeah. But yeah, like, what's the position to be in? To, and we, from the description, because they describe Danny's breast as being really swollen, and when, mm-hmm. they, when he's talking about the, the sweat, 
stripping down it. It, they're described as being very swollen. So we can, I think we can safely assume that Danny's really far into her pregnancy already. Yeah. She gotta be, she's gotta be like eight, seven, eight months, right? Yeah, she's like, I feel like she's, she should have birth any day. Like if she can stop mm-hmm. and tell them that the reason that they're stopping is because she's about to give birth and she could have, she, she should be going into birth at any yeah, time. She could have, and she would have had a better excuse to have somebody fetch Mary. Right, exactly. She thought of that too. But again, she's a child, so- that's the thing we forget a lot because Danny is very mature and yes. also because of Amelia. But we forget that Danny's on, right now, she's only 14. Yes, a baby. She's a teen mom. You know, like imagine the teen moms from your high school having to make this kind of decisions. Like we can't expect her to think on her feet as quick as grown adults. Nope, you're 100% right. Yeah. So Mary Mazdor comes in. It says Mary Mazdor entered bowing low. Days on the march, trailing behind the Kalasar had left her limping and haggard with blistered and bleeding feet and hollows under her eyes. Behind her came Kotho and Hago, carrying the god's wife's chest between them. When the blood riders caught sight of Drogo's wound, the chest slipped from Hago's fingers and crashed to the floor of the tent, and Kotho swore an oath so foul it scented the air. Miri Mazdor studied Drogo, her face still and dead. The wound has festered. This is your work, Meiji, Kotho said. Hago laid his fist across Miri's cheek with a meaty smack that drove her to the ground. Then he kicked her where she lay. Stop it, Danny screamed. Kotho pulled Hago away, saying kicks are too merciful for a Meiji. Take her outside. We will stake her to the earth to be the mount of every passing man. And when they are done with her, the dogs will use her as well. Weasels will tear out her entrails and carrion crows feast upon her eyes. The flies of the river shall lay their eggs in her womb and drink pus from the ruins of her breast. Like, bro. <laughs> like, what the like, fuck? Fuck. They are ruthless. Like, that sounds like a miserable death. But this is why- Tyrant is a fucking baby compared to the Dothraki. Yes. And this is why, like, I feel- Kind of, I feel bad for Mary Mazdor because first mm-hmm. of all, her village was trampled. Her temple was yeah. burned. Women were raped. Children that she had healed were um, killed. She saw their head. She saw their head in the, in the street. She right. Later, she later said, like, she, she saw the head of a boy that she cured a fever, like, two moons past. Yes. And she sees the head of her baker. Like, she sees... They're everyday people, you know, like your neighbors. It's like walking out of your 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 house to go to work, and then you see all your neighbors slaughtered in the front yard of their houses. You know, it's like she basically walked out into the purge. Yeah, she did. And then after that, what? And she was raped. She was raped. She was raped four times, right? Yes. And then after that, after she's been raped and all of this stuff, she's been walking behind a Kalasar in that heat. For days. Yeah, she came back looking busted. She came back busted. And now they're like hitting her. And calling her Megai. Yeah. Is the way I have it written on my notes here. Yeah. But the way they use it, it's kind of like it was a slur, isn't it? Yeah, it is a slur. Because they're like this this Magi. Like they're using the M word. Right. And 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 so they're hitting her every time and and blaming her. 
for his yeah. for him being in the position that he's in when mm-hmm. he didn't even follow the directions that she I gave expected, him. Yeah. So I feel bad for her. Like I feel awful for her. Yeah, she's like in a loose, loose situation. Like it doesn't matter what she does, she's gonna be blamed. She's gonna be wrong for it, and she's probably gonna be beheaded. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look. But how I think she... that's why she doesn't give any fucks. Yeah. Because right now, everything she's going to say on from this point on, she barely gives no fucks. Like, she gives them attitude. She gives Danny attitude and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She does. She does. She says, um, Miri says that, like, whatever's going on with Call Drogo, it's beyond a healer's skill. Like, yeah. you know, like, and she, she, she asked she him think- about the milk of the poppy. She asked him, like, mm-hmm. Has he been taking milk of the poppy? And Danny's like, yes. And she's like, I made him a poultice, a fire pod, and sting me not, and bound it in a lambskin. It burned, he said. He tore it off. The herb woman made him a new one, wet and soothing. It burned, yes. There is great healing magic and fire. Even if you're hairless, even your hairless men know that. Make him another poultice, Danny begged. This time, I will make certain he wears it. This time... For that is the time for that is past, my lady, Miri said. All I can do now is ease the dark road before him so he might ride painless to the nightlands. He will be gone by the morning. Her words were a knife through Danny's breast. What had she ever done to make the gods so cruel? She had finally found a safe place. She had finally tasted love and hope. She was finally going home. And now to lose it all? No, she pleaded. Save him and I will free you, I swear it. You must know a way, some magic, some. And this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. Miri Mazdor sat back on her heels and studied Daenerys through eyes as black as night. There is a spell. Her voice was quiet, scarcely more than a whisper, but it is hard, lady, and dark. Some would say that death is cleaner. I learned the way in a shy and paid dear for the lesson. My teacher was a blood mage from the Shadowlands. Danny went cold all over. Then you truly are a magey. Am I? Miri Mazdor smiled. Only a magey can save your rider now, Silver Lady. Is there no other way? No other. Call Drogo gave a shuddering gasp. Do it, Danny blurted. She must not be afraid. She was the blood of the dragon. Save him. And then Miri tells her there is a price. And Danny says, you'll have gold, horses, sorry, whatever. You my want. dog's going. My dog's going crazy. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Yuki yeah. appears in the podcast every now and then. <laughs> she okay, says, you'll, you'll have gold, horses, whatever you like. It is not a matter of gold or horses. This is blood magic, lady. Only death may pay for life. Death. So Danny initially thinks that, you know, it's Danny, her. it's her. Mm-hmm. And Mira's like, no. Fight. And Danny's with it. Danny's like, okay, kill me then. Mm-hmm. And Miri's like, no, not you. And Miri says, as you speak, so it shall be done. Call your servants. And this is where Miri asks for Call Drogo's horse. So I'm thinking, Danny is, is thinking, and I'm thinking that a horse, like a can a horse really pay for man a man yeah and it's like did danny did danny know that it was rago's life she was paying? i don't think so i think 
I think Mary did a very good job at manipulating Danny. Because I, I also have to give credit to Mary because she never, she never specified, like if you look here, she doesn't really lie to Danny. She manipulates her, but she doesn't really lie. She never tells Danny that the horse is the sacrifice. Right. She All Danny does is ask, is it like when she says only death can pay for life, Danny asks if it's her death, if it's her death. And Mary says no, but she only says, bring me his horse. She never says it's the horse. Like the horse can pay for it. The, the horse can be a good payment. She never says that. I do think a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that the horse is like just for show to mm -hmm. fool Danny. I don't think so. I think the, the horse is part of the ritual. Yeah, I do too. I, I assume to do blood magic, you would need blood there, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and she says it. She mm -hmm. says it. She says strength of the beast go into the man. Which it does because. He doesn't die. He, yeah, he doesn't die. He doesn't die, but he's, he just goes in like a vegetative, vegetative state. Yeah. And also I can later on uh, a little bit before this. I can see Mary using like the power of suggestion for Danny, which mm -hmm. I as, as a teacher, I use that a lot, especially since I teach elementary school kids. They're very impressionable. Because, like, if, if Mary really thought that the spell was too much, why would she even mention it? Yeah, like, what's the point? Yeah, I think this is really the moment where it clicked in for her that she, could, she can't do this, that she can't get this revenge. This is why I say I don't think she planned it. I think she saw the opportunity right here. Yeah, I agree. She didn't plan it. And yeah, I can literally, in my mind, I picture just, like, the light, a light bulb behind Mary just going off. Right, it's like a like a brazier getting turned like like lit. Because mm -hmm. I think, and that's when she goes like, "Well," because like if, if really there was, if there's really no way, or she in the show they add that uh, that line where she says, "Some would say death is cleaner." Yeah. If you really believe that, then why would you even mention it? Why would you bring it up? That's true. So I think this is a way to manipulate Danny and to also make Danny believe that she did knew what the price was, that she was a willing participant in it. But she's not because Mary's being very, very misleading. Yeah. Yeah, she is. I, yeah. Yeah, I do think she's manipulating her. She knows that Danny is desperate. Mm -hmm. She knows that and she's desperate. She's going to die anyways. Like when mm -hmm. she got called, she probably thought she was being called to be executed. Right. You know? Right. So at this moment, like we said before, she doesn't give no fucks. So at this moment, she's probably like, well, if I'm if I'm going to die anyways, I might, might as well take him with me. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um. So they tell Danny, like she throws, like she lights the brazier, like she throws this red powder in it, like onto the coals and it like fills the air with like a spicy scent. Mm -hmm. Um. And she says, she tells Danny that she has to go and Danny's like I will stay you yeah. know this man took me under the stars and gave life to the child inside me I will not leave him and she says you must once I begin to sing no one must enter this tent my song will wake powers old and dark the dead will dance here this night no living man line. must look on them I love it too I love that line especially that one the dead will dance here tonight Yes. Again, I'm from Puerto Rico, so I've been hearing about brujeria and voodoo all my life. Mm -hmm. And this is like the kind of thing that, as someone who's not involved in it, when they describe, when people describe what brujeria or voodoo is like, this is the kind of things that I picture. 
Yeah. Like the, so yeah, the, the dead dancing, the dead mm-hmm. dancing. Yeah. I do. I do it. I love it too. And I was like the, there's another one where the, where she sees the shadows on the tent. Mm-hmm. Like she sees the shadows on the tent and they're like, they're like dancing. I love that. Yeah. that line. They're like humanoid, but they have like animal features, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. She see one that has like, that looks like a human, but has like a, like the head of a, of a ram or something. Mm-hmm. Like she describes it as having like horns, isn't it? Yeah, she's she. I think she says that it, uh, it says the tent was aglow with the light of the braziers within. Through the blood spattered sand silk, she glimpsed shadows moving. Mary Mazdor was dancing and not alone. Danny saw naked fear on the faces of the of the Dothraki. This must not be Kotho th- thundered. She had not seen the blood rider return. Is it in this chapter? I remember hearing reading something like that. Yeah, I remember it too. Like right? animal, animal faces, human, like human, like humanoid things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're like the Dothraki are kind of mad at Danny for like what she's doing because it's forbidden in their culture. Is that religion. Yeah, yeah. So they're like pissed off. Like, um, they kind of want to like kill her. <laughs> they kind of mm-hmm. want to kill her, and Sir Jorah like has to intervene. And he does intervene and he does like, he winds up, uh, doesn't he, did he kills Koro, right? Or he kills, doesn't he kill somebody? I think it's Koto. I think he kills Koto. Yeah. 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 Um, and then Danny like winds up like falling and she she has like a sharp pain in her belly. Like she feels like she feels the baby. Yeah. She feels the baby. Mm -hmm. I think this is the, the spell taking place. Yeah. I think this is like the, the spell taking its effect already. Like, I think this is the moment where Rago is being sacrificed. Yeah, I do too. And I also wonder like where, where Mary told them not to, for Danny not to be in the tent, mm-hmm. but then Jorah took her in the tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a part that's a little, a little confusing, but um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think she may maybe she might not have wanted her there because mm-hmm. maybe she had some plan to try to escape afterwards. Because she is alone in this tent, and it is a tent, you know. It's not like she's in a castle or in a dungeon where she has like a a, a brick wall in front of her. You know, it, it is just fabric, so. Maybe she thought that after this was done, they would be too scared to go into the tent and maybe she could just slash one of the the fabric open to try to maybe make an escape. Yeah. But I don't know, because like the Calisar is pretty huge, so they they probably would catch up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think know, they would have. Maybe she wanted space. Maybe they just didn't want to see what she was actually doing in there. Yeah, I mean, and they were probably scared. They were they were afraid. They were afraid. They were, they were terrified. In their mind, they're seeing the devil. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're seeing, they're, they're see, they 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 to them. This is a satanic ritual. It's black yeah. magic. You know, they're, yeah. they're seeing all these shadows that weren't there. Everybody knows she's there alone. Yeah, because like all the people, there were there were only three people in that tent: Danny, Drogo, and Mary. And Danny left. So who the fuck is these people that this woman is dancing with? That they all already think is a witch. Yeah. 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 She did to them. She, she's summoning a demon or something. Yeah. Like the, the, the Dothraki uh, women that birth 
that that mm-hmm. help the women give birth they won't yeah. they they say she's cursed like they won't mm-hmm. even help her give birth so jora like at the end of the chapter jora picks danny up and is walking her into the tent and it says no she shouted or yeah. perhaps she only thought it for no whisper of sound escaped her lips she was being carried her eyes opened to gaze up at a flat dead sky black and bleak and starless please no the sound of Miri Mazdor's voice grew louder until it filled the world. The shapes, she screamed. The dancers. Sir Jorah carried her inside the tent. And that's how the chapter ends. So I wonder if Sir Jorah taking her into the tent had anything to do with her losing Rago or if it was all along she was going to lose Rago. Yeah, I, I think she was going to lose him anyways. Because if he is the sacrifice, he, he needs to die. Yeah, but you know? I wonder, but I wonder, like, when I think about it, a a child, when you think about the life of a child, what, what Dan, what Daenerys got from Drogo was just a vegetable state man. Yeah. So I think, and then, and then when Danny uses Miri Mazdor's life. She gets dragons. She gets three dragons that haven't been in the world for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I, I kind of think that maybe Rago wasn't that sacrifice. And maybe it was like the horse. Maybe it was just like transferring his horse's spirit into him. And that's why he didn't talk. And that's why he just kind of sat there as a vegetable. And Jorah taking Danny into that tent because it's funny how the chapter ends with her saying no no like don't take me into the tent and her and it, the last sentence of the chapter is Sir Jorah carried her inside the tent mm-hmm. and, and even then, at this point I think the spells already wait they're way into they're knee deep into the spell already because mm-hmm. like she said that at one point had the lamp woman in the but where we're at, the part where she says that she could pretty much only that Mary Mastor's the sound grew louder until it filled the world. Like the sound of Mary's voice grew louder until, the, until it filled the world. So that's pretty much all Danny could hear. So is this like, is she entranced with, yeah. with, uh, with Mary right now? Is, is she like mentally connected with her? Probably. Probably. Especially yeah. if, especially if she wants the, um, if mm-hmm. she if she wanted the baby to start with and she yeah. says it like she's she kind of says it she kind of admits that it was the baby and she kind of admits that she did trick like trick danny a little bit like mm-hmm. later on yeah she admits and that a lot of people blame danny and say that she she knew it all along she knew all along it was rego because uh, later on she she questions herself she thinks that like did i know it was rego but i think she realized at this moment yeah like when yeah. she felt the baby kicking, kicking all that stuff, like she knew something was already was wrong at that point. Yeah. And yeah. then her fear to not be dragged into the tent. Like she does not want to be anywhere closer, any any more closer to this woman. Yeah, but so she's like par- she's like paralyzed. She can't even exactly. talk. Like she's saying I that she's talking about like she a side effect. Hurt. Yeah. I think that's like a side effect of the spell. You know? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. already like being calm. She's pretty much comatose herself, too. Yeah. Yeah so that is danny eight that was a good one did you have anything you wanted to add that we didn't get to talk about oh yes i 
Danny is like a huge important character in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said in the beginning, like I joke that she's my Jesus, but I I say jokingly, but I'm not really joking. Like I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. All my life growing up, like I I grew up in uh, in church, you know, I grew up Christian and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I never felt any connection towards it. But the moment I I, I Danny came into my life and like all the, all the like all the parallel like par- re- religious like parallels that there is in Danny's story mm-hmm. like a lot of people try to downplay Danny's importance in in the story but she's pretty much a messiah like I think Danny is oh she is a hundred percent like if you huh? no go ahead uh, if you take some of her if, if you really take a good look into her story she has a lot of parallels to messiahs from the bible like, she, she does. She liberates slaves like moses mm-hmm. she she commit she make she makes miracles happen like like jesus you know mm-hmm. she everywhere she goes she makes social changes that's some that's something very jesus like yeah and i think it's in a dance with dragons when she when she herself walks into the the people that were infected with the bloody floods and like cares for them yeah beats them gives them water that's very reminiscent to jesus uh rising Lazarus from the dead from the dead you know like it's, he's going into a city that that was already sick and infected and he is selfishly putting himself in danger to help these people and that's something that she does yes in the yes that is a hundred percent that is a hundred percent true mm-hmm. and I feel like if this was a real world story like that we were listening to and you know how like um a song of ice and fire has like the history and lore and all that and we hear about like these legendary heroes like garth the green and brand the builder daenerys would be one of those yeah daenerys targaryen Mm -hmm. would be one of those characters daenerys will be talked about in that universe years after she like thousands like of years like like years a god later. like she will be mm-hmm. remembered as a god and her story her story will even probably be even more fantasized like they they'll probably say that she was the red comet that she didn't birth dragons she came up with dragons from the heavens in the red comic to free the slaves yes and this this was the magical silver woman that could walk through fires and lay with dragons and free people and cure the sick Yes. Yes. You know, there will be, there will be religions. There'll be thousands of religions based around Danny. And like, I don't know how people can, can't see that. Yeah. Or or argue that. I mean, it's, it's misogyny a lot, lots of times. Like, well, she's just a character in a book. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, so is Jesus. And she wouldn't be anything if she didn't have dragons. But she doesn't have dragons right now. Like right up now. until this point, she doesn't have dragons and she's outlived her brother. Like her husband, the her strongest husband. person in the fucking story. Yes. Yes. So like cut my girl some slack because and, like, she has like her dragons are not the ones ruling Marine. They're not. Her dragons are not the one in court making did- all these decisions and bending backwards to help the people. She barely uses her dragons. Like she used her dragons in Astapor. Astapor. Yeah. And then she but she didn't use her dragons in Yunkai. 
Like, nope. She didn't. So, like, I don't know. She barely uses them. Like, she she doesn't use them like that. She's so. Only, so far, I think she's only used them twice. Asked before, and then she, when she used Drogon in the fighting pit. Yeah, that's it. Probably for violence. Like, she's definitely used them to intimidate. Yeah, to intimidate. Mm-hmm. But, but she, she hasn't used them violently just those, I, those two times. I think, though, like, when we get into Winds of Winter... Of course, she's going to be, she's going to use them violently. <laughs> she's going to use them, but it's going to be, it's, it's because it's going to be because she doesn't have a choice mm-hmm. because anytime she tries to treat with men the regular way, they it underestimate backfires. her. It yeah. backfires and they face. underestimate her. Yeah. So it is what it is. And it's going to be to what it's going to be. on level with them. She has to level with them. Yeah. And yeah. like, she's keep in mind she's 14 she has all this self-control like 14 year old Mm. me 14 year old me would have been burning shit left and right like 26 year old me will be burning (laughs) shit left and right imagine my throat rage in my car that i'm like i question whether i can ram my car into the person in front of me (laughs) and get away with it imagine what i would do if i had a fucking dragon yes imagine a robert baratheon with three fucking dragons like imagine the, the seven kingdoms would be shit Tywin, right. oh my god they would have burned that would be nazi that would be the game of thrones hitler yes that would have been it i mean it's just like they like cut my girl some slack cut her some slack because y'all just be tripping off danny i hate it mm-hmm. i hate it but yes, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It was so good to record with you. And would you like to tell the people one more time where they can find you? Well, you can find me mostly on Instagram. That's where I'm most, where I'm most active in. And again, my name, my handle is Android787. All right. So check him out on Instagram. Thanks again for recording with me. I love recording with Danny fans all the time. But um, we will see you guys next week. Have a good week. Bye.